Detective. First, from St. Vincent St. Mary's High in Akron and Kent State, please welcome the one, the only, Brian Windhorst. Hello, welcome to Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Sunday afternoon. Joining us from New York City, where I was yesterday, but I'm no longer Tim Bonteps. From Randolph Central School and St. Bonaventure University, Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. Shout out to Randolph High School, Class C state champs and poops oh, as of Saturday. Nobody gives a crap. No, I do. Congratulations. I do. Congratulations. Big win yesterday. Yeah, there's such a podunk town. They play like that three on three style, I think. No, <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. Well, it, it was, it's a better weekend for your alma mater than mine because Kent State uh, went down. Yeah, it was just up the road in Glens Falls, not far from Albany yesterday. Oh, joining us from Dallas, Almost Texas. Almost Kevin Herter. He's flying to Memphis uh, later on today. Um, we're doing this pod a little early, earlier than normal, but uh, that's Ben McMahon. He attended some boarding school in Maine and then spent many years at North Texas. Ben McMahon! Howdy, partners. McMahon, I uh, visited uh, the manse in uh, the Upper West Side. Bontemps, he was kind enough oh. to drive me to Albany on uh friday we went up there for kent state and indiana indiana played well kent did not there was no upset and the game started at 11 p.m and we got back to manhattan at 3 30 in the morning <laughs> what what, what was bon- more painful watching your alma mater get bounced from march madness or spending that much time with bond tips well let me just tell you that there is nothing i learned on the highway between albany and uh and new york city nothing so uh, there wasn't much of a diversionary option, um, but it was a good time. Um, I'm not sure why they had the, the regional in Albany. I'm a little bit perplexed having experienced it, but I'm not going to say anything else. Um, a little bit perplexed why a game started, a game in Denver ended sooner than a game in Albany, but I'm not going to go for I will say this. One of the coolest things of the nights, one of the memories I'll have is the FDU Purdue game was going on during the first game that, that we were in that session, which was uh, university of Miami and Drake. And it was halftime and they put the, they put the FDU game on the scoreboard. So everybody was watching. Everybody is totally into it. Everybody's rooting for the upset, obviously also, you know, we're kind of close to Fairleigh Dickinson, but I'm not certain that there was a regional rooting there, but anyway, the end of the game took forever. There's all these reviews and we're kind of dying because we want to see how it plays out. Well, they were ready to go. When I say they were ready to go, they had come back from break. The referee was standing, holding the ball. The kid from Miami was ready to inbound it. We were a half of a second away from starting the second half. The referee held the ball, held the ball, and they left these the finish on the screen so we could see the last possession so we could see the game end which i thought was really cool yeah. because everybody in that building including the referee and including mm-hmm. the players on the court who were playing in their own ncaa game wanted to see how that ended so i did think that was a cool moment and uh, we got to uh and then there's this big cheer because everybody rooted for the upset uh and that was the only upset of the night uh there unfortunately you, you um, seem right. like the kind of guy who doesn't root for the underdog wendy you being a big dog yourself i, I think you're the guy who roots for the one seat in that situation i well i mean i have nothing i have no dog in the fight i was sure as hell rooting for the uh, underdog in that kent state game um 
on our uh, on our way out of the parking deck as we were you know leaving at uh like 12 45 a.m um i thought we might have the latest finishing basketball game in the country that night but the lakers mavericks finished later oh and we man. watched we watched maxi kleba break the lakers hearts um on bontemps phone in the parking deck <clears throat> um let what me just say that, that was and i know that the lakers are playing tonight against the magic who um just slapped the uh, clippers yesterday um so that was a was a a vital victory for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, mm-hmm. They have been struggling. They uh, Kyrie and Luca have been out. Kyrie did come back for that game and played pretty well. Pretty uh, well. He had 38, six and six, including the game winning assist. I'll tell you what, Bontemps, the easiest way to piss McMahon <laughs> off these days is to throw even a side look at Kyrie. <laughs> forget it. Forget Three a down. side look. Forget Listen. a side look. Just not to just openly bow down. I, I'm just saying, like, pretty well. Come on. Okay, go on. Continue. Continue, please. I've watched the man score 57 points. I've watched the man hit a championship-winning shot. I can say yes, pretty well. <laughs> All right. It's actually a compliment. Um, here's, a, here's the thing. As we go into today's games, and there are 14, how many games are there today? Eight. There's eight games. So there's a bunch of games to be played, but I'm just going to say this. The Dallas Mavericks are four and six in their last 10 games. It's not what you want when you're at this point in the season, when you're in uh-huh. an absolute dogfight for positioning. Okay. And you think, oh man, ah. Uh, you know, th- that's going to lose ground. And boy, it's unfortunate because the Luca injury and the Kyrie injury happened at the wrong time. And, you know, I, I know people have been a little bit questioning about Kyrie, the way he's talked about his foot. And I can just tell you from knowing Kyrie for many years that, you know, one time he had a sore right foot and he played on it and it developed into a, a sore left knee and he played on it and then he fractured his knee. Hmm. So I know that Kyrie is very cautious about playing through injury. But unfortunately, that means some losses. And man, four and six, that's tough. Guess how much ground they've lost on the LA Clippers in the last uh, 10 games? Uh, Zero. Ground. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Guess how much ground they've lost to the Golden State Warriors in the last 10 games? Nada. Zero. Guess how much ground they've lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves in the last 10 games? Zero. Mm-hmm. Guess how much ground the Lakers have lost in the last 10 games despite kicking away a game to the Rockets? And despite kicking, double kicking away a game to the Mavericks, they gained a game on all those teams. All the way up to the 11 seed, baby. Guess how much Dallas has lost ground on the number one Denver Nuggets. Oh, now, granted, the Nuggets are playing in about an hour in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. They lost one game because the Nuggets have been five and five. And oh, I read, okay. granted, the Nuggets may win by 75 points today. But as of right now, they're not playing well. Does anybody in this Western Conference actually no. want to do anything? Well, welcome, well they want welcome to. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod, Brian. Where I've been saying <laughs> this for two months, but thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad we've established that the West isn't good. Thank you. They well, want to. They're just not capable they're not, of it. It's one thing if they're not good relative to the best teams in the East, but how about somebody expressing that they want to actually I mean, make a move? This is the same thing that's oh. been happening for weeks. The the, the beam lighters. The this. beam lighters are raising their hand. Right now, like if you look at the Western Conference playoff picture, the only team that I think can really feel good about the way that things are going right now are the beam lighters in Sacramento. Not a question. The, 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 question. the Mavericks, though, Maxi's three was the difference between the Mavericks waking up in sixth place 
or ninth place. And then the next day, Russ has more turnovers than buckets. The Clippers lose. The Mavericks somehow are a game over 500 and a game out of the fifth seed. That's how weak the West is right now. And, and the Lakers, the Lakers, you got that maxi buzzer beater, which it was a, a wild turn of events, especially given the horrific final two seconds he had. In the San Lakers Antonio. screwed up three times in the last 10 seconds. It's eight, very eight. hard to lose that game, but you can do it. You got to have three screw ups in 10 seconds. As bad as Maxi's last two seconds in San Antonio were, and the match were able to recover to beat the tanking Spurs in overtime, which pleased both teams. Anthony Davis's last seven seconds were even worse. <laughs> the man oh fouled Maxi on a three, split a pair of free throws, and then, you know, wasn't able to get out. Maxi was his man. Maxi was his man. He spaced yeah. out. I will say this that pass was crazy. Like, and for Max, and the release, first of all, the release yeah, for Kyrie, because Ky, there was like one point something left when Kyrie let the pass go. And it was a 103 mile per hour fastball right in the shooter's pocket. And then Maxie had to quick shoot it. Like he couldn't have his normal shooting motion. There's no way he would have gotten it off. So, I mean, it was a crazy play. Uh, when's the last time you saw an NBA head coach get in the, in the bottom of a dog pile? J Kid <laughs> was definitely in that thing. To, to, to go four and six in the last 10. I, 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 yeah, just, so, I just want to toss that in there. Right, right. So you have that Maxi three, and then Walker Kessler, uh, his block uh, uh, of Grant Williams basically at the buzzer last night in Utah for, to seal the Jazz win. Suddenly, the, the, the Lakers, it's, he's back to being Mac 11 seed. They're, they're right out of that playing picture right now. That's crazy, man. The nickname's back on, baby. Well, and you mentioned the Kings. I saw them on Thursday in Brooklyn. Got their 42nd win. First time in 17 years that they are over 500 for a season. Soon to be the first time in 17 years that they've made the playoffs. And they're like the bean chance in Brooklyn. Everybody was fired up. Saw Vivek after the game. He was like, hey, it was pretty cool to hear like the bean chance here in a visiting arena. I said, yeah, it's... Little different days for you. I think it also is a is a commentary on the Brooklyn Nets fan base. Uh, as long as you're oh. analyzing the situation, I mean, they were like the beam chance also in Washington yesterday when they won by twenty. Uh, Saturday, which I think is a same. commentary on Washington too. But it's, I, I could mean, say like, that. Yeah, they yeah, they've got to they've got to have a, a beam that travels with them. They, I mean, if there's going to be like the beam chance, they got to like have beam. a beam. Yeah, you can put Just it right put next on the top to the of the re- team bus the when they roll out of the building. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, but I mean, they they should be feeling good, like you said, McMahon, about where they're at. It's like we talked about last week. You look around the West. Why shouldn't they think they can win a series or two? Like, well, or they, more? they shouldn't because they are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And in a normal year, yes, and all these other teams stink. <laughs> I was going to say all of that. these teams stink. Hold on, I know. they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, which gives them puts them in company with some of the other teams in the West playoff picture. Mostly. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, uh, I, I, I know you're, you're correct. Uh, Bontemps, obviously the West has been this way for a while and we keep talking about it, but I am just, after seeing the events in the last couple of days, I'm just like, I just can't, I like, I just can't believe, I just can't believe that these teams can't get their act together. And you know, Golden State, we have 70 Golden, games of evidence that they're not good. Golden State makes this declaration. Well, all right, we've had enough. We're going out on this road trip and you're going to see. Oof. No. Blasted across the face three straight times. Like, 
I mean, you know, the Clippers finally get some momentum. Okay, fine. Here we go. We're going to get into that five seed. Nope, can't take care of the magic on the home court. And I know that Ka- Kawhi didn't play that game, but geez, oh man. Uh, Westbrook was just total Westbrook down the stretch of that one. God, I mean, it's just a Minnesota, you know, they, they get a bit of a pass because Towns is like not coming back. And now Anthony Edwards has an ankle injury. Um, you know, they obviously have had just a bad season. They've had a window here. If they, they could have just gotten a little bit of fortune, they could have wiggled right up to where they thought they could have been. I, I have I, I take less umbrage with them because of that situation, but even them, like they that end of the Celtics game the other night that Boston badly needed, which we're going to talk about the Celtics in a second. Like all of these teams, like Phoenix has kind of spun its wheels since Durant got hurt, and it hasn't penalized them at all. They're comfortably mm-hmm. in the four seed, comfortably in the four seed, and. Uh, well, they I mean, watched. I mean, again, they're playing this afternoon. If they lose in Oklahoma City, they're one game up on the five. And are they seats, worried so. about any of those dudes behind them all of a sudden making a run well, at them? No, they are not. I mean, I'm just saying. I wouldn't. I don't know how comfortably I would say when they're one game up. That's. I'm just pointing it out for listeners. They're they're six games over 500. The rest of the freaking conference is at 500 or below, basically. So, um, they they they've. They have not played well since Durant got hurt, which kind of surprised me because they had a tougher oh. schedule, but I, but I thought they were going to keep that, winning. That, that could be, and this is kind of a waste of time because people know, but that could be a half game since the uh, the Clippers play the Trailblazers. The Blazers. And, yeah. and, and, and Russ said he's going to make up for that performance, baby. You got a motivated Russ going against Damian Lillard. We got drama. We got drama. I just remember, I just remember last year when Russ played on a back-to-back in, in, uh, after he got benched on the stretch of a game in L.A. and they played the second night in – Portland and he said he he couldn't play because his back was stiff from sitting. Um sitting on the I, bench. That, that, yeah. that was that was one of the all-time great. He said, I'm not used to I'm not used to sitting late in games. So I, you know, I had what did God I, what did he say earlier this year? Uh oh, what did he what they had another injury earlier this year when they first put him on the bench for a preseason game. I forgot what that was, but that was there's there was a couple of classic rust, like <laughs> I need to be out there injuries yeah yeah anyway um so i don't know yesterday oh. as i as, as i just watched the events of the last couple of days it just drove home my frustration um with the the fact that nobody wants to step up and look no, listen I, I, hey can i just peel the curtain back a little bit wendy is a very polite well-mannered gentleman i think we can all agree on that and in our group text Wendy went on a anti-West rant that was Fred Van Vliet kind of vocabulary. <laughs> I mean, there were multiple expletives in there. I was blushing as I was reading this stuff. I mean, I'll I'll let the Warriors off the hook on losing in L.A. at the start of this road trip. That's a tough game. But they declared their intentions, and they let the Hawks put up 127 on them and then they let the Grizzlies, missing numerous key players, mm-hmm. drop 133 on them. With, with a refresh, Draymond Green got to kick his feet up at the hotel while his team was playing in Atlanta. You know, oh. days after Steve Kerr said Draymond always goes right up to the line, but never over. No concern about Draymond picking up that 16th technical foul. My God. <laughs> By oh. the way, the, the, the Grizzlies are asking the league office to rescind Dylan Brooks' 17th. 
So he he's put himself one away from another suspension. Right after and- getting getting fined, and he could have, you know, he kind of got lucky uh. that he only got fined thirty five thousand dollars for pushing the the cameraman over. He said Not it was so accidental, much- but. Mm. Well, here's the thing. I don't know the the gentleman who was pushed over. Those guys are in that job all the time. They're always yeah. in this situation. And they're what's their number one job? Hold the shot, right? Yeah. Hold the shot. He ended up on his back. So, you know, uh, my guess is it wasn't just a friendly touch. Yeah, and again, a little, little extendo arm. Regardless of that, if it just happened in, in a standalone situation with Dylan, then you say, man, that was just an unfortunate situation. But the reason he got fined $35,000 was because of every all of the other shenanigans he's been doing this year. Well, it was also pretty, like, I'm kidding. It was a pretty blatant push. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a collision. Like, the right arm was fully extended. And well, but, but my point is, like, n- nobody really knows how hard he touched him, but the fact that he fell back over yeah, is what is what I'm reacting to. Well, like, and that I don't is think it was, part. I don't think it was a flop like uh, Dylan Brooks did when he was in an Oregon uniform. You know, that, that, that famous flop, you know, the one where it looks like he's doing a, a backflip or a back dive. I don't, I don't think this guy was flopping. I think it do was you guys, legit. Do you guys remember when Dennis Rodman kicked the cameraman? Oh yeah. And in, in the cojones. And um, <laughs> the cameraman, I think may, uh, he got suspended for a whole bunch of games for that. Um, Rodman kicked the the cameraman under the basket and the cameraman, I believe, I I think he was in some discomfort, but I also think he may have been preparing for future litigation. I've requested to be carried out on a stretcher. (laughs) Um, at least we avoided that kind of histrionics in this one. Yes. uh, We had one of those in, uh, in Dallas, uh, where the, the cameraman, uh, it was Kenny Rogers, the former Rangers pitcher, and he got upset and kind of ripped at the camera. I remember that. I remember and that. And the cameraman, yeah. who's uh, quite a character, uh, ended up suing. I, I think there was a shoulder injury or, or so the lawsuit. Yeah, that's said. workman's comp situation and, there, and, man. And, and got a nice that. little check out of that situation. Uh, now, some of us can just take a hit and you know keep standing and you know. But exactly. Man, Your job they, was to prepare for the hit, and you did. We, they ain't all cut out like me, brother. <laughs> Anyway, the Warriors last, next, last shot of John Wall's NBA career. The the um the next uh the next stop on this Warriors uh you know return to faith road trip is in Houston. Ooh. Uh, on Monday you night. Go, where the you want to go to Houston right now, baby. Those Rockets are playing tough. They are. They've won what three in a row at yeah, home. I'm gonna see those. I'm gonna see those Rockets in uh, in Memphis this week for Jaw's return. Looking forward to it. Um They've won yeah, three in so, a row to surge into a tie for second place in the lottery standings of San Antonio. Racing, hey, listen, racing up. At this point, if the Warriors won that game, I'd have to tip my cap to them. It would be like a yeah, right. when you've got seven road wins. Any road wins is a great road win. Dude, what is it? 11 straight road losses now? I mean, this is amazing. There remain two teams worse than them on the road in the league. Houston and San Antonio. That's it. Yeah. Come yeah. On, By man. the way, San Antonio. On, how man. about San Antonio? Blowing, we've gone from the twenty-seven point leads, the the biggest blown lead that was Mavs versus Lakers, and then the Celtics topped that, blowing a twenty-eight pointer to the Nets, and then the Spurs topped that, blowing a twenty-nine pointer uh, Friday night to the Grizzlies, and both teams were just elated. The Grizzlies like, Whew. 
And the Spurs like, yes, you know. Well, whoever blows that 29, whoever becomes the first team this year to blow a 30-point lead, I'll bet it's from the Western Conference. And <laughs> look. I don't count out those Celtics, baby. I've been, you know, we'll talk about that in just a second. We'll get there, I promise. I've been around long enough, okay? My experience is telling me to not overreact anything in March. And that yeah. at the end of the day, all that matters, everybody's zero and zero. And that, you know, there's all these extenuating circumstances and I shouldn't judge the Clippers, but I am having a hard time. <sighs> I am they're, having they're, a hard time. They ain't oh. make the, the West as a whole. They aren't making, you know, patience as far as a rush to judgment easy. I Now I could totally see the Eastern Conference playoffs being a bunch of like, you know, seven round bloodbaths and, and some team prancing through the West and, uh, and, and somehow sneaking out a win, but no, obviously no, I can't. You, you, no, no, no chance in hell, huh? Now, I, look, I mean, the, the three, I'm not going to say no chance in hell. Like you could have the three best teams in the league have one of them could get to the finals with injuries, but if if Boston, Philly, or Milwaukee makes the finals and they're healthy, they're winning the finals comfortably. It's I say this, like, listen, you can't say that. Not, um, no, you can't no. say that. If the they're best health, teams, see, the, the, the two best teams in the league, Milwaukee and Philly, because Boston ain't playing better than any of these teams we're talking about in the West. Boston's five hundred in the last ten. I just right, mentioned wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before we talk about Boston. Bontemps, and again, the asterisk here is the Nuggets are about to tip off in, in Brooklyn. You saw you were at the you were at the Nuggets on um, Saturday. I'll be, at, I'll, be at the, I'll be at the Nets game whenever we finish the pod. So I'll be there right. too. Um, let's just acknowledge they may play the perfect game today, and we may cancel the playoffs because of how great they are. But short of that, <laughs> they have they have struggled, especially on this road trip. They did get a win in Detroit the other night. It was clutch time yesterday, and I wish my powers could be used for good instead of evil. But ever since I wrote this whole piece about the Nuggets' greatness in clutch time, they've been mm-hmm. not getting it done, and they were in clutch time. It was a five-point game with five minutes to go, or it was a tie game with five minutes to go. And uh, just the Knicks just beat them the whole way home. Jalen Brunson came back. Um, Bontemps, what do you take away from where the Nuggets are after being around them? I mean, they've been very bad for, you know, a 10 or 12 day stretch now. Um, they've had the worst defense in the league over their past six games. Um, they, the only win they have is in Detroit on Thursday, a game that Denver was either tied or, you know, losing for a good chunk of, it wasn't really, yeah, they um, ran away with it at the end, but it was not like a dominant performance. Yeah. They did not look very good in that game. Um, they already lost to Brooklyn and, uh, both Brooklyn and Chicago at home before they left on this road trip. They gave up 49 points to Toronto on Tuesday, a team that can't score at all. Um, the first quarter, right? Right. Gave a 49 in the first quarter. Um, you know, they're just, they're just not playing very well. And to me, Mm -hmm. they look like a team that across the board from Nicole Jokic on down is feeling the pressure of being a being the one seed and being the team that, you know, has been atop the conference the whole time this season and has a target on its back really for the first time ever in this era of the team. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that with the way this MVP race has gone, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say Nicole Jokic has played at the same level and has carried his team at the same level um, over the past few weeks as, as the heat has turned up on that. And, you 
you know, obviously, um, you know, there's been a ton of attention on that. I'm going to be in Denver next weekend. They're going to play Milwaukee on Saturday. They're going to play Philly on Monday. That's um, what I'm setting up. Yeah, that's what we'll I'm see, setting up. I w- we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how things go there. We'll see how the MVP race is decided. But from a macro standpoint, if you're looking at Denver, this last stretch has only magnified all yeah. the questions you have about this team. They can't guard anybody. Jamal Murray has not looked very good at all. Um, their bench has been a real problem. And, you know, even late in games, you know, Jokic in the Toronto game, Toronto had no problem going right at Jokic in the paint and scoring and getting him out on the perimeter and working their defense around and getting layups, layup after layup after layup. Again, for a team that cannot score. And in the half court, it looks like they're in molasses most of the time. So it is March. They did have a huge lead in the West. Michael Malone has said a few times he thinks the team has turned off a little bit. I think you can at least acknowledge that's a a reality based off their position. But given where they're at, given how little this team has really accomplished late in the playoffs, this is not the way you want to go into the playoffs. And, you know, again, it's just to me only reinforced why we're talking about how bad all these teams in the West are. Denver's been the best team in the, the West all season. And part of the reason everybody says this thing is wide open is no one trusts Denver, despite maybe mm-hmm. having a three-time MVP, despite having the best home record in the West by a mile, despite having the best team in the West by a mile this year, to actually follow through on that and make the finals, despite the fact it looks like they should. Down you know, the stretch of that game, they looked a little tired to me. Jokic, if you if you can believe Jokic looked tired, he a couple of shots, he he kind of kind of gave up on a couple of possessions. I felt down mm-hmm. the stretch of the game, took a couple of shots to look to, you know, I know he doesn't, he's not a He's not leaping up like Ray Allen to shoot jumpers. But. Also, everybody talks about their bench. He had three straight really bad turnovers in the third quarter. New York went on a huge run after Denver had taken control of the game early in the third. Looked like they were going to run away with it. They went 20-7 to seven to end the third, and part of that was three straight bad turnovers by Jokic that led to buckets at the other end for the Knicks. Let them get back into it. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. No, th- th- this, like, it made sense if they were kind of, oh, hey, we've basically sealed up the number one seed. You know, the natural tendency, okay, we can take our foot off the gas. At this point, maybe they're hitting snooze, but the alarms have been sounded, right? So yep. uh, th- that excuse, that's over. Like, Michael Malone's called him out. You know, Jokic just basically said, hey, we, we've got to, you know, we got to get going. Come on. So that that excuse is done. Like at this point, they know. Like, hey, we gotta we gotta start playing well again, or we've got some serious problems. And 
they tried to address their glaring bench issues uh, at the trade deadline and in the buyout market. Reggie Jackson's now out of the rotation. You know, he's he's a happier version of of uh, late Bones Highland, basically just sitting over there watching. And um, you know, Thomas Bryant, like they're trying to figure out can he play for us or not. And the problem there is, if not, then who? Zeke Naji um, is about to come back from injury, I believe, and and maybe he can help them there. But like they try these Jeff Green at center lineups, that that, that that's not an answer. And I think it, it, we're right back to, hey, can their top six guys play like forty minutes per game in the playoffs? Because they might have to. And then you get you get right back into your thing of they look tired. Well. I don't well, they, know, man. You know, we may be doing our pod in the middle of next week saying, boy, look at these two wins over the Bucks and 76ers, and we may have a different True. opinion. I think that I I I looked I thought they looked tired a little bit yesterday. They here they are in a back-to-back, back-to-back afternoon games. That's weird. Well, I think it has to do with the Eastern European primetime audience might 100%. be something to do with it. 100 percent Um the, the the Serbians are going to watch Jokic. By the way, Jokic's numbers were still great <laughs> because even yeah, when he course. plays bad, the numbers are still great. Um, they only play one game this week. After this back-to-back, they play one game Wednesday in D.C. So they have Monday and Tuesday off. They have Thursday and Friday off before the big game with the Bucs. They will be rested for that game. Um, that's one seed versus one seed. Um, Bontemps will be there. We'll be talking about that later. All right. Speaking about the one seed in the Eastern Conference, as we sit here today, Milwaukee Bucks now have, have a two-game lead um, over the Sixers and the, the Celtics. And the worry about being caught is really no longer maybe with the Celtics because the Sixers have won eight in a row. Uh, they've been out West handling their business while Boston has been out West not handling their business. Boston is four and five in their last nine. They absolutely eked out by the skin of their teeth a win in minnesota Uh, then they went to utah on saturday and they blew a 19 point lead now most of the lead was early in the game they blew most of the lead before the half but this has been a calling card throughout the last month of the season that they have blown leads Um, Mm -hmm. they have multiple overtime losses during this stretch Uh, and there's been some guys in and out of lineup but let's be fair almost every team's got guys in and out of lineup the end of this game, um, first off, Derek White, who's who has been the one guy who's been playing better for them lately, didn't play in the fourth quarter, which some people, some Celtics fans were questioning that decision. Um, Jalen Brown was not a factor at all as they were trying like crazy to get baskets against the Jazz. was not a factor at all down the stretch. And then the last play of the game was designed for Jason Tatum, who never left the backcourt. The ball was being inbound uh, on the side. Jason Tatum never left the backcourt because instead they changed the Grant Williams made a read and Grant Williams ended up with the ball going to the basket on Walker Kessler. And <laughs> that's not going to work out. Well, <laughs> I just, you know, Walker Kessler rejected it and the jazz won the game. Yeah, I mean, to be slightly, to, get... to be slightly fair to Grant, the Celtics run a variation of base of the same general play many times late in games. Will Hardy, who was with Boston last year, knew had a pretty good sense of what they were doing. They also were doubling Jason Tatum the whole game. And they had Lowry Markkinen basically stand between Jason Tatum and Grant Williams at the three-point line. So Grant made a read and had a three-on-two. I think what I would have probably suggested to Grant was to pull up from like 10 feet and take a wide-open 10-footer. 
instead of trying to drive into Walker Kessler's chest, that probably wasn't the best choice. They forced the ball to Grant, and that's on the Celtics for allowing that to happen. Well, Grant Williams did I mean, score he was, damn near half their points in he the fourth was, quarter. He had 23 points and was he caught the ball wide open at the elbow. Like I I don't I wouldn't hey. I'm not gonna say they lost the game or that like it was some disaster that Malcolm no, Brogdon threw him the ball and he's wide open there. Fourth I quarter know scoring they didn't lose the game on that play. I understand. Fourth quarter scoring, Grant Williams 12, Jason Tatum zero. How much Jalen Brown have? Because I don't think he had uh Jalen Brown had three. So Brown was one of two from the floor in the fourth. Tatum was 0 of three, and Williams was four of eight. All four were, were threes. Now you tell me whether you think that's functional basketball or not. I, I would, I would like to well, maybe have I mean, Tatum and Brown, you know, getting getting shots well, was, up and was and also great offense. Yeah, I mean, Will Hardy was basically leaving Grant Williams wide open. It was a lot like Game Seven against the Bucks last year. It worked out pretty well, and Grant Williams shot in that game, and they it won. sure did. And it hasn't been that way since. I think it just comes down That's to look. That's also not true, but sure. You think Grant Williams is having a good year? I think he's been perfectly fine. He's shooting the ball perfectly fine. I don't. I mean, it's okay. not. I mean, he's shooting. All right, we're we're, we're going to step back from the Grant Williams. He's shooting forty-one percent from three. I think he's been fine. I think if you're <laughs> when was you're Tatum's already, last bucket in this game? He didn't score in a second half. I don't think he had a basket in the second half. Well, you want to talk he, about the issues for the Celtics? No, he was he was scoreless in the second half. I'm looking at the box for the second half box right now. You want to talk about people not playing well. Here are the issues for the Celtics. Since the All-Star break, Jason Tatum is shooting 42% from the field and 29% from three on 10 attempts a game. That's You want to talk about why the Celtics aren't playing well since the All-Star break? That's why. Yeah, and and, and honestly, this is why this is one reason why I don't necessarily put the Celtics in that upper tier uh category. Jason Tatum is a hell of a player. He is a second-tier superstar. He is not like he might end up on MVP ballots, but he's not a real MVP candidate. He is not near the level of Joel Embiid. He's not near the level of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he's, he's just and like he has become more and more reliant on the three-point shot. And four straight years, the volume's gone up and the percentage has gone down. Well, as Bontemps has said, that's what Joe Mazzula wants. I understand, but. Well, look, my point is, well, that is true. But my point is Jason Tatum was in the three-point contest. He's seen as this great three-point shooter. And over the past two years, he's shooting 35% on very high volume. That's not not a great three-point shooter. That's an average shooter who's taken a lot of shots. So now I haven't studied how hard the shots are. You know, maybe he's taking more difficult attempts than normal. I'm not saying Jason Tatum can't shoot the ball. He's obviously got a nice shot, but... It, it's not like he's hitting 40% of his threes on a high yeah, volume. He, he hit 40% of his threes in, in 1920, and then 38.6, 35.3. 1920, my God, that's a long time ago. Yeah, four straight years. 40.3, 38.6, which is still really damn good. 35.3 last year, 34.5 this year. 34.5 on 9.4 attempts is not good. That's not good offense. Yeah, I mean, since he also break Jalen Brown shooting 50% from the field, 38 from three. He's outscoring Tatum uh, per game. He's been much, much better. Tatum has just not been very good. And again, like, obviously, there's other issues with the Celtics. I mean, yesterday, Al Horford didn't play. Robert Williams didn't play. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart didn't play. You know, they had Luke Cornett uh, out there in the final minutes of the game. I mean, obviously, it was not right. their number one lineup. That being said, they did blow another lead. 
They are, as we've talked about, a very jump shooting, three-point reliant team. Their shot goes away. They get themselves in some trouble. And again, like since the All-Star break over 12 games, Jason Tatum's been bad by his standards. And so it's not surprising that the Celtics have struggled a little bit. What's made it more difficult for them is that because Philly has been so good against the toughest schedule in the league, people in Boston are so focused on, well, can they catch the Bucs? Like they've now been caught by Philly. I would assume the Sixers are going to finish in third because they do have a very tough schedule and they're probably going to lose some more games Uh, down the stretch. But the Sixers have to go to the West Coast. Yeah, they've been on this long sort of East road trip. Now they have to because they're well. the Sixers have basically three home games the entire month of March and they've they've managed to navigate it well so far. They got to go through this final stretch here. But the irony of all of this is that, you know, two of the oldest rivals in the league are the Celtics and the Sixers. And the fact that the Celtics have been scuffling the way that they have has only bolstered the big fellas MVP candidacy in Philly because mm-hmm. he is kicking ass. They're winning every game. They've now caught Boston. Well, people didn't think that was possible yeah. after the All-Star break. People were thinking, well, maybe they'll fall to fourth and fall out of that two, three part of the bracket. And now they're, you know, we'll see what happens with Milwaukee tonight. Um, I think, yeah, we'll see what happens with Milwaukee tonight. You know, it could be, they could be one loss behind the box who they play in a week. And they have caught up to the Celtics. Well, they, so, they've caught they've caught the Celtics. And as far as the MVP stuff goes, I think it's it's relevant that they now have a better record than the Nuggets. So I mean, it's it's full steam ahead on the Joel Embiid MVP bandwagon. I know Wendy's been you know driving that thing and pulling the little uh, you know the trucker horn and all that stuff and. And now there's a bunch of people jumping on that bandwagon. Oh, and by the way, since the All-Star break, 12 games, scoring 35 a game, 58% from the field, 35 from three, shooting 13 foul shots a game at 85%, 10 rebounds, four and a half assists, and two and a half blocks a game. That is pretty damn good from the big foul. By the way, the Celtics finished this Western trip Tuesday in sack. So... That is an opportunity for them to potentially get a win that could pivot where they're at. And then they have um, a little bit more of a fortunate schedule when they come home. The Pacers, who are missing Halliburton, and uh, I don't think he's going to be back for that. Um, Then the Spurs, and then they go to the Wizards. So uh, then they have that game that you mentioned against the Bucs, that big game against the Bucs in Milwaukee. Um, But, you know, they have an opportunity here to pivot. Um, and uh, the Celtics have won a lot of terrific games this year. Their resume is very good for most of the year. They've been a great defense or a great uh, road team. Um, but yeah, that's why that's also why I'm not going to ding them in the same way. I, I'm not dinging them like these other teams out West because they have proven over large stretches of the season that they are an elite team. I mean, I think they're allowed to have a couple weeks and not have them drop. Well, hold on. Hold, what? What? what <laughs> Hold on. So Boston is and Denver's not? Boston made the finals last year and improved uh-huh. in the offseason, has not been healthy. Denver has been basically pristine health all season and has. Well, they've had a little, but yeah, their stars. Very little, very little. Their guys have been available. They have not proven it in the same way as the Celtics. And all of their flaws that people have been worried about all season have been exposed during this recent stretch. So the team that's not, had the great health all year is sack. 
Yeah. Sack has had, you know, not to jinx him, but Sack has had. I was going to say, way to go, Wendy. Jeez. I just jinx. I just jinx everybody. I think part of it is I talk a lot about the NBA. So I hit a huge swath and somebody's going to have bad luck. So it's, but um, Sack is, has had v- very little I mean, impact. Look, to go back to Denver for a second, games played. Nikola Jokic, as of today, 63. Jamal Murray, 57. Michael Porter, 54. Aaron Gordon, 59. Davis Caldwell Pope, 68. Their, their guys have been available for large stretches of the season, far more than Boston's, for example, who's well, basically Tatum's never played almost every. I think I think Tatum's played every game or close to every game. Tatum and Brown have been healthy, and basically every other guy on the team has missed a large chunk of time. Other they're, than their main starting personal day for his son's birthday party, but I mean, granted, he's played their starting their game. Their starting lineup has played less than 100 minutes this season together without Horford but and Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. But that's because because Robert Williams has been out so much. <laughs> Well, yes, that's he's a, been out. Marcus Smart missed several weeks. Al Horford's or Al Horford's sat a bunch of he's sat every, half yeah, of every back to back and missed. But, but other they've time. had one guy. Well, Smart has been pretty dinged up. Yes, right, anyway. they've yeah. had lots of injuries. That's my point. They've had lots of. I, I think if you're looking at the Celtics, I think what you're questioning is the blown leads, the late yeah. game situations, and the head coach. Well, I and, think that's what you're and just like the reliance on the three point shot to you know, to the point of extremes there, you know, it's, it's like the, the Harden Rockets, you know, the Harden D'Antoni Rockets where, Hey, you know, they, they had a lot of success with the three point shots, but then you missed 27 straight <laughs> in a game seven. And, you know, do what other tools do you have in the, in, in the toolkit? And what's crazy is they've got two wings who like, dude, Tatum especially can create. Um, I just would like to see him shift a little bit, more back into that than just jacking up as many threes as possible. Um, you know, I, at, at mediocre efficiency. All right. So Bontemps took some heat for his trivia question. The last time we don't usually do trivia on Sundays for Monday pods, but oh. he's coming back. He's well, I, have, I have a Joel and B trivia the, question. The, we'll see. This is like Maxi Kleba after the, debacle at the end of regulation in San Antonio. Can you hit the game winner, Bon Timps? It's on you, buddy. If so, <laughs> we're going to dogpile your ass. <laughs> More Hoop Collective podcast after this. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. 
Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. I should probably not do that then. Uh, Embiid, uh, Embiid is averaging 35, 33.5 points per game. There have been three players to average more than that in a season since 1980. Who are they? Kobe. Jordan. That's one. That's two. Who is the third? Kobe. Jordan, how can we not get this one? This should be any. KD never did, did he? Oh, no. Nope. Harden. Harden. That's right. Jordan did it three times. Harden did it twice. Kobe did it once. Well, that was an easy one. You don't. It wasn't. It, it no... wasn't. I, if I got, if I, if I got it, it was. I like it if I got it because you don't know my. It was a stat. It was a. It was a topic relevant trivia question. And so I, I, I apologize for the incorrect guess, but we still got it within ten seconds. <laughs> And how did I, well, I made an incorrect guess and forgot the guy who like I cover I was covering look, the Rockets. Let me just say, let me just say, there he's he's brought a few that I wouldn't have got if I had two hours. So I I appreciate ones that we can get, McMahon. <laughs> you like the layups? <laughs> I, I do, I do. I appreciate that. Um, okay, Bontemps, you got to get over to Brooklyn. Man's got to get to the airport to go to to Memphis. We'll have an interesting week in Memphis. I'm sure we'll be. Uh, uh, Ja will not play. He can return on uh, the day this pod comes out Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's going to, I guess, practice Tuesday. And then the goal is he's going to play Wednesday. Is that the plan? Uh, they haven't set that out in concrete, but that certainly is a reasonable hope because I don't want to spend the whole week in Memphis. <laughs> no disrespect <laughs> to Memphis. I just would like to come back home. By the way, Luca, Luca has a, has a pretty good chance to return, or at least his hope is to return. Uh, for that Monday game as well. So a lot going on in Memphis over these next few days. Yeah. Dallas, uh, did they, did they come? I'm sure they, maybe they went home from LA, right? They didn't just come to Memphis. I didn't. I think they did. I think they didn't go straight to Memphis. Maybe they stayed in LA. Maybe they stayed in LA. (laughs) They celebrated that one. It was a good one to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, All right. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. Thanks for for listening to Hoop Collective. We will talk to you in a couple of days. Adios, amigos. 